Yeah, here we are. Hump day. Hump day recording. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't care for that. Did you ever celebrate hump day, Katie, in college? It, in what manner does one celebrate hump day? <laughs> it was like a huge thing. Maybe it was just um, our college selves justifying us being alcoholics. But in um, college, I remember. Oh, junior... alcohol. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Our junior and uh junior and sophomore year hump day was like a big big thing so especially sophomore year because it would be um two drink two dollar drink tuesdays then hump day wednesdays then thirsty thursdays then friday and saturday it's the weekend and then you got rest on monday and sunday unless you had you know a date or were doing something um there was a cast party uh, but like hump days, they, my friends, Zach and Waldron used to host hump day parties at their apartment and uh, they were wild. They, yeah. we listened to Get Low. <laughs> we listened. Featured to, in this movie. Featured yeah. in this movie. Yeah. Um, what a segue. I actually didn't mean for that to happen, but um, there you go. We listened to all of Lady Gaga fame monster. Um, yeah. uh-huh. I wore many of uh, Steve Madden heel with leggings and a dress over it oh god (laughs) it was great it was really good um yeah we had uh we had happy monday uh in college which was happy monday which was the the, something my my friend hunter came up with um (laughs) and was basically just a huge party every monday night uh at sometimes my apartment um We eventually, so like my senior year, we lived off campus in this like three floor, um, three bedroom kind of like apartment townhouse thing in this huge development that was like all college kids basically. And like the random like traumatized family who, you know, (laughs) just wants us to to shut up. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, with the worst landlords in the world, they used to peek in our windows at night with a flashlight. What? Um, Why? Horrible, horrible people. Yeah, really bad guys. Jesus. Um, and uh, but yeah, so we uh, we did. So what happened was when the semester started, we moved into. We were supposed to move into this apartment. Me and my friend Richard and my friend Megan were supposed to move into this apartment together, and we got there, and it wasn't finished. Like, oh yeah, also it was like. They were all brand new and they were all made out of cardboard, you know, just oh, super yeah, of shitty. Course. Yeah, you um, Rent was $900 a month. It was three floors, three That's expensive. Oh, for the entire thing was $900? Yep. three nine. Yeah, 300 each. $900 Oh, total. nice. I was going to say that yeah. was expensive for, for rent. No, 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 no. Then. Yeah. Um, uh, it was so shitty. Anyway, so they were constantly building new ones because and it was just, yep. there's just a hundred of them, you know? Um, oh, yeah. And so the one we were supposed to move into wasn't ready. So they had to put us in a two bedroom and um, Richard slept on the couch for like two months until our apartment was ready. So what had happened, but then what happened was when our apartment got finished, we still had the keys to our old apartment that they, we just didn't drop off for a while. And so we would host parties in that one. (laughs) And on more than one occasion, They they had Happy Monday in that in that apartment, which was still. Yeah. I mean, they were they were also huge. These apartments were. Yeah. Anyway, um, and we got in a lot of trouble for that. We almost got evicted for that. They didn't care for that. Yay! <laughs> I was going to say that's such a great idea because I mean, why have an 
apartment party in your apartment when you have an extra empty apartment. It was completely empty. Yeah, we, we yeah. threw some like got some like folding chairs and uh, yes. and some some beer pong tables and stuff and yeah. just filled the whole place with it. And when I say we, I mean my friend Hunter and Richard, because I, like always, was in rehearsal. I would show up <laughs> to these things unaware that they were happening. Um, yeah, uh, the um, and then this is the same apartment that my friend Richard set fire. No, set fire to. And he set fire to Wait. the new one, not the old one. What? How? Have I never told what? this story? No. Oh, oh my no. God. You can't just drop so the... that. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I guess it's going to the podcast now. <laughs> so three floors. Um, this is also, I should also say this is in like Southwestern Virginia. So like it's, okay. you know. Yeah. Um, just Put so people know there. that like I don't have, you know, the money to have. Well, I, already, I guess I already said it was, it was super cheap. So yeah. Um, three floors. Uh, Megan's bedroom is on the bottom floor. Um, then the second floor is like the kitchen and living room area. And then the third floor is my bedroom, Richard's bedroom and a bathroom. And then there's a bathroom downstairs as well. Um, that layout is important to the story. So, okay, cool. Richard, my friend Richard is in a, um, is in the film department and he's making a short film this night. Okay. And he is filming. It's actually, it was actually Caitlin filming Caitlin coming up the steps and he's like, Hey, there's too much. He's got all this professional equipment from the film department that he's borrowed. Yeah. And he's like, Hey, there's too much light in here. Can you, um, can you help me? And so we have on in the stairwell, a fluorescent sconce. Okay. Okay. And so I took this folder that was on the table and I just put it on top of the fluorescent sconce. Also, this is the night before you're in town auditions. So you're like practicing your urine town. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I'm not involved in the filming is what I'm trying to say, yes. but I am there <laughs> present in my apartment. So I put the folder on top of the sconce and it like gets rid of some of the light and it works well. Um, and I w- would like to point out that again, that sconce was fluorescent. Okay. So that's called foreshadowing. Um, <laughs> I go up to my bedroom with our other roommate, Megan, uh, and she's helping me on with my, uh, with my audition song. For you're yeah. in town, which, by the way, I did get the part. Um, Yay! And the uh, uh, time passes, and we're working on this song. And the next thing I hear is just is just a knock at the door. Like, um, it's Richard, and I'm like, "What's up?" And I open the door, and there's just fire, like, <gasps> fire, full flames. Oh my god! <laughs> there. With his with his hands in the air, um, and I like I don't know what to do. So the bathroom yeah. is right here, and I grab a towel and I like try to start beating the fire out. And um, Megan also does the same thing. And Richard runs downstairs, where I hear I found out later that he basically gets a big pot and he puts it in the sink and he starts filling it up. But he's just standing there watching. <laughs> um, Jesus um, what had happened was he had borrowed some, you know, multi-thousand watt lamp from the, yeah. the film department, which was up on a, was on a tripod and was up near the ceiling. And it was like this big rectangular thing and the light shot up. And so it bounced off the wall. Right. And it gives you like a diffusion. Yeah. I don't really know much about filmmaking. Yeah, yeah. He had taken that folder that I had put on the fluorescent sconce and put, put it on top of that. And I assume that it burst into flame immediately. Yeah. 
because he went downstairs. He said he put that up there and just went downstairs and, and he fucked off and did something else for a while. What? And he came back up there and it was on fire. And again, here's another thing. Again, Richard, he was, you know, 21 years old. Like, who are yeah. we to blame him? He's still, I'm still very. We were all idiots. Day. I don't mean to. Yeah. He pulled the folder off of the thing of the of the lamp. And when he did yeah. that, he set the wall on fire. Oh, my so God. It, so it looked like more fire than it actually was. You have to understand because the fire was vertically high, you know, like yeah. lots of things were on fire. We beat, we, you know, we beat the fire out. It wasn't, it wasn't on fire for super long. Um, Like we, you know, didn't call the fire department or anything, but it was uh, scary. And also, so the, um, the floor was like, the carpet was like nylon, you know, it was plastic basically. Yeah. And so yeah. it melted instead of burned. Oh. And the folder that was there had like, had, had joined the carpet. So for the rest of the time we lived there, that was there. And the, what was inside the folder was our lease agreement, oh, um, no! which was melted into the carpet right there for the rest of the time we lived there. And they never, they never fixed it, you know, in, yeah. I think, I think he and I know his parents ended up having to pay like a certain amount. Yeah. For like repairs that they eventually did when he moved out, I guess. But um, uh, we didn't get our security deposit back for sure. Or yeah. at least, you know, I think maybe Megan and I did, but he didn't. I don't remember. Yeah. It oh was. Oh um, that's so funny. That's so yeah, funny. It was, a, it was a time. That was, he was making yeah. the movie, uh, Caitlin Gets Killed was the name of the movie. <laughs> and what happens he, in the end? <laughs> yeah. He filmed himself. Well, Caitlin doesn't get killed, actually. That's the twist. It's like it's like a five minute slasher movie where um somebody break is like a home invasion thing, but she's yeah. insane and she she ends up hit, stabbing him to death in the bathtub. Oh and God. so there's a picture of him in that bathtub, which the bathtub smelled like fake blood for the rest of the time we lived there. Also, no matter how much we tried to clean it, it was in the cracks <laughs> or something. And like, you know, that smell, but listeners might yeah. not know the smell of fake blood, which is this mix of caro syrup and chocolate mm. sauce. Yeah, that is very unique. But there's a picture of him that he took covered in blood in that bathroom of himself. And that is still his contact photo in my phone to this day. I love that. Hi, Richard. (laughs) Welcome to the pod, Richard. Uh, Richard is an artist and you should follow him at our graves art. And he does in the month of February, which I think this will come out in February. It'll yeah. be almost well. We're recording it in, in the last day of January, but I think it'll still be February when this comes out. Uh, he's doing an art challenge thing, uh, kind of like the Inktober thing that was you know started by a terrible person. So we don't do that anymore. But uh, his <laughs> is a collaboration with another artist, uh, and it's called Pounce Punk. And you Ooh. should check it out. He is on Instagram at s e r p o u n c e, and you can find him ah. everywhere else at our Graves Art. He's great. Nice. I'll definitely have to give him a little follow for sure. And you too, listeners should. Um, Art, famously relevant to today's topic. Oh, by the way, this is Go Get Your Girl, the podcast where Emma and Katie both need to stay in the United States for work reasons. And so they need to go get their visas, but they didn't fill out paperwork. So what do they do? They find the nearest hot guy who's also ironically their assistant and they marry him. <laughs> That's right. We're talking about Is he about ironically her assistant? No, he's not ironically. I was just trying to make it a little bit more. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I wish we had assistants. That would be nice. 
That would be so nice. One day. One I need day. a personal assistant. Honestly, that's what yeah. I need. That would really yeah. help a lot of things to have. It having would control a the chaos. Yeah. Control yeah. the chaos. Um, I want to be successful enough to have a personal assistant. I don't need, you know, tons of money, but if I could afford a personal assistant, that would be great. Great. Yeah. It would fix so many problems. It would just be yeah. really, really nice. And Goodness I would be nice gracious. to them. Yeah. I'm a yeah. sweetheart. I, exactly. You would be super nice. I just, anytime I think of assistants, I worked for, as a receptionist, um, one of my first jobs in Chicago, my day job was as a receptionist that I got through a temp agency. And for some reason, I had one mean boss and one nice boss. And the mean boss, for some reason, didn't understand that receptionist didn't mean personal assistant. And so he treated uh-huh. me like his personal assistant, but like also wouldn't tell me things. So like he would ask me to schedule meetings. And then when I would give him options on the calendar that were open for him to, and I was like, can I send these? He wouldn't respond for like a week. And then he'd be like, why wasn't that scheduled? And I was like, because I, um, you never respond. Don't make decisions for you. Yeah, yeah. I don't make decisions. So, yeah. I was also I a receptionist like at a theater for one of my very first jobs in New York. And Ooh. I loved that very much. It was great. Oh, they were nice. great people. I mean, not everybody there was great, but most of yeah. the people there were, were great. Yeah. It makes a difference who you work with. Yeah. Um, so the proposal. Tell us about the proposal, Katie. Uh, yeah, the proposal, uh, 2009 uh, movie. Um, I'm on the wrong page of my notes. Uh, directed by <laughs> directed by Anne Fletcher. Uh, directed by a woman, oh. which I was not aware of until we I was not started aware watching of that this. Okay. And written by Peter Chiarelli. Um, Anne Fletcher also directed Hocus Pocus Two. Uh, <gasps> oh, <laughs> from, from last year, which is yep. not good, but you know, no. good for her. Yeah. Um, good. Uh, she's a choreographer. She um, she oh. uh, she was the assistant choreographer on Hairspray uh, and Step Up. So oh yeah, but like, there's no dancing in this. I mean, there's some well, dancing, but not dancing good dancing. Well, not good dancing. Well, yeah, but you know, choreography is a visual field that sometimes turns into directing, like in many cases. I guess. So, yeah, you know. yeah. Uh, and it's written by Peter okay. Chiarelli, who wrote the screenplay for Crazy Rich Asians. Among okay. among other things that I did not write down, so yeah, yeah, no, for sure. This is by far based on both of their film. I mean, Crazy Rich Asians is 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 good, but that's obviously based on yeah. a book. Most yeah, of yeah, the yeah. other things these two people were involved been involved in are not great, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, and I mean, like this was like mildly good. I'm not gonna lie, yeah. I I I had a fun time watching it. Oh, I think this I, is good. Yeah, yeah, I cringed several times because. Obviously, oh. between 2009 and now, yeah. there and like Charlie made. We'll get so to that. Com- yeah. yeah, yeah. The the biggest Charlie's quarter takeaway, the like before we get even get to Charlie's quarter, was that he every time there was a problematic thing, he would go, "Ooh, ah!" <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, and then "Yeah, he this, like, it's a different time." Um, yeah. It's uh, so uh, in my while. Okay, so when was the first time you saw this movie? Did you see it when it came out? Um, I actually think this was the first time I, I saw this movie was oh, really? two nights ago. Yeah, I thought wow, that I had okay. seen it, but I think that I just saw it while I was getting my nails done on mute. Um, oh, yeah. And so like not movies where you it. get your nails done. I need to go to one of those places. Um, the place yeah. where I get my nails done always plays HGTV stuff, which is yeah. fine. Like, I appreciate that. But yeah, I mean, I'd rather watch the proposal than right? you know, I say mean, yes to it's... the beach house or whatever it's called, you know? <laughs> Yes to the beach house or Earl's divins and drives and places. Uh, <laughs> Earl's divins and drives. Hell yeah. 
That's obviously where Earl travels the country um, and drives around in a in a in a car uh, yep. and tells you about um, driving and talks about like the the scenery yep. that you're passing. Yep. And yep, then yep. Uh, goes to diving competitions and judges <laughs> them. Yeah. Earl's dive-ins and drives. Right. They're running out of things. They're running out of ideas. I actually I would watch that up. show. It yeah. depends on how, how charismatic Earl is, but you know. Earl's got to be, you know, well, if he gets a show on HGTV, he's got to be super charismatic, right? Right, right, right. Uh, yeah, that's true. That's yeah. the whole point. But like, <laughs> there was a trailer for something. We were watching SNL, I think, like, uh, on Saturday, and obviously, and there was a commercial for like on, yeah. Saturday. Oh, that's what it was. It was Deal or No Deal Island, <laughs> <laughs> and it's got <laughs> so. It's no got, way. Yes. Wait, this wasn't a Saturday Night Live fake commercial. No, this was an no, actual. No, it was an okay. actual commercial that's going to NBC, and it's like hosted by um. Sophia. That sounds like one of those Thirty Rock fake shows. <laughs> I, that's what I. <laughs> And yeah. then, like, it was insane. It's just, like, it's Survivor meets Deal or No Deal. And, like, the, the briefcases are, like, in sand. And you have to, like, get to the briefcases. But it's, like, what? Did we really run well, out of ideas? so much to come up with this shit. Like, right? and you know that that's, like, that's some MBA who used to work yeah. in, you know, microwaves or whatever. And he's, like, I don't know, just put them <laughs> together. I mean, deal people no love Survivor. People love Deal or No Deal. Why don't we just put them together? And it'll probably be really successful. And honestly, it yeah. probably won't be that bad. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I have been tempted to watch the Traders show. I keep getting um, ads for that that's on Peacock. It was in England and they brought it to the US and it's hosted by Alan Cumming. And Alan Cumming? Yeah, but it's oh, like, on, it lo- actually looks good. I don't like reality TV, but this makes me want to watch it. Except you for the fact Tony. that it's- <laughs> probably an alan cummings gotta make money he he's, has he's that club make... called coming you know right i know i really yeah. want to go uh, yeah. club coming yeah 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 it's a live action murder well it's a murder mystery party but with reality stars oh. and it's like a long a long form murder mystery party is essentially what it is see i would rather watch that with like comedians yeah this is one thing that england gets right um far be it from me to praise the the nation of england (laughs) but like i don't want to watch the fucking like all of the reality shows have like the reality stars you know the 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 f list like celebrity tier people who are a the worst fucking people in the world absolutely b like not intentionally funny like england does the thing where they have their shows like that their their yeah, game yeah. shows and their reality shows and stuff and the celebrities they hire are like mid-tier comedians yeah and they're so good like taskmaster love taskmaster taskmaster is so brilliant like if taskmaster met clue then yeah i would absolutely watch that yeah but like put put like nate bergazzi on yeah. that you know yeah don't put don't put uh, whoever is it i'm I, lana I mean, do you know? no i just i feel like one of them was named the lana yeah <laughs> <laughs> i would love to watch a murder mystery like you know game reality show thing if the people in it weren't the most horrible people in the world you know right right because like the um, thing about taskmaster that's great is that like sometimes you get comedians that are like taking the piss and just 
you know, just doing whatever. But then you get the comedians that are like really into it and really into the yes. test and are and there it's to so like get much stuff more done. fun when they're really into it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, watching, we, we stopped watching. I don't remember what season it was. I think it might be season 10 where there's this one older lady who just clearly couldn't possibly give a shit about any yeah. of it. And oh, I yeah, get I know so mad about. at her. Like Caitlin and I are watching. It's like, what is her problem? Why are you even here? Like, you're not having fun. You're not, you're not funny. You're just like half-assing everything. And like, she yeah. gives up on a bunch of stuff. She's like, oh, I don't yeah. care. And, walk, and walks away. And like, she's so smug. And I don't, I don't, anyway. <laughs> okay, that I might cut out. Um, British people famously featured in 2009's The Proposal. Well, it is about an immigrant. It is about an immigrant. To which, um, I asked Charlie at multiple times in the beginning, I was like, because he had to go through the whole process that Sandra Bullock went through, but like not that type of visa. It was a marriage. Well, so basically the movie's about Sandra Bullock. She's from Canada. She's from Toronto, I'm assuming. And she's, uh high executive at a publishing company she's a book editor am i correct she's a book editor she's a very but she's a very like she's the the editor-in-chief of a publishing company which yeah um i don't know how publishing companies work um but you know she's not she's not like she has bosses like she's not the miranda Priestley situation but she is a high-ranking editor at this book publishing company yes yeah and basically Which her is weird because like at two different points, it's called at one point it's called Ruick and Hunt Publishing. And then it's also called Calden Books. So, again, I don't know anything about movie. publishing. Yeah. I don't know if that's like a mistake that was made in the movie or if it's just like some kind of nuance. Let me let me on. teach you a little bit about publishing. So I learned all about publishing from the TV land show Younger. <laughs> <laughs> And basically, you've got these big companies. This is that the are Sutton like, Foster show them. where she pretends yes. to be like 15 years younger than she actually is. Yeah. I want to do that. It? I'm going to start telling people I'm 23. Right? right. I'm totally I'm 23. And and the whole thing is that she's like her, the first line in that is like, well, I got to get highlights. This is from 2010 <laughs> or something. God, yeah. I love that show so much. It's if you haven't watched Younger, it is the best sort of like watch while you're doing laundry show I've ever sure. experienced. Or sure. like watch while you're um, taking a bath. What's her name is on that, right? Um Hillary Duff. Hillary Duff, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Hillary Duff's great in it. And um, anyways, so they they work for a publishing house in Younger. And so you have the big names like so and so and so and so but then within that you have imprints what's called an imprint oh it's an so imprint like different like certain imprints will only do like fantasy books or yeah. yeah so you'll have like different imprints so like i'm assuming that she works for like the big imprint that does like all the big name authors like the literary fiction yeah yeah because yeah, she's talking like about Stephen like King. this yeah 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 or like exactly. this the, the 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 guy who that she's talking to is like like a recluse who doesn't do interviews and stuff like so yeah yeah exactly but um basically so you've got sandra bullock and she's this high power book editor at this publishing company and her visa for whatever reasons didn't get renewed that she didn't do her they didn't she didn't do her paperwork yeah but here's the thing i had an attorney charlie and i had an attorney when we were getting his marriage visa and 
our attorneys, well, I guess there was certain things that we had to fill out, but like they did most of the work. Well, they also said that she was, she left the country when she wasn't supposed to. Yeah. 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 She went to Frankfurt and then she was like, yes, but I got that like big rig book that you wanted. I know that I wasn't supposed to do that, but I did. And they're like, yeah, "Yeah, but um, the U.S. government doesn't like the fact that you left the country during that time. So uh, you need to go back to Canada and reapply and go through this whole process again. She's like, great. Well, I'll just I'll work from Toronto. That's fine. That's fine. It's not ideal, but we'll work from Toronto. And her boss is like, no, 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 you don't understand. Like, without your visa, you cannot work for an American company like Legally, we cannot have you as an employee until you renew this visa. And then she's like, I'm sorry, what? (laughs) And he's like, "Um, and so I'm going to give a new, make a new CEO since you won't be here. And it's going to be this dude that you just fired for actually really good reasons. But he. Yeah, I noted that too. Like she's treated like a bitch for this. But like, I don't think that she, that she didn't. She did a really good job. She's not wrong. And she also originally fired him Sort of kindly, like I mean, yeah. she said you have two months of of uh, you know paid time off yeah. to find a new job, and I'll write your recommendation. Like, yeah, that didn't seem that bad. It's um, no. it's Asif Mandi, right? The yeah, yeah, yeah. But then he ruins it by going out and like having a big you know man uh, temper tantrum and calling her bitch in, in front of the entire office. Yeah, and which so I think like, is not the point. Like the point is that yeah. she's supposed to be kind of a bitch, but that really just seemed like that guy uh, sucked. Yeah, exactly. I was just like, well, it's, of course he needs to be fired. It's just, it's just misogyny, and they're print, they're they're trying to to portray it as like, like she sucks. You know, I guess, yeah. I guess, you know, the movie is presenting that both of them suck, but still. Yeah, but I mean, I also guess that like you can't have her be a Miranda Presley really because you can't have her be super, super terrible if she is our main protagonist, one of our main two like love interests. Yeah, I got mean, like she is, her. she is annoying, but she's Sandy yeah. Bullock. So yeah. you can't hate Sandra Bullock in no. something, you know, like she's it's super charming. She's, one of the most likable actresses in Hollywood, especially at this time. Exactly. Um, so it's it's very. I mean, it's it's good. It's good casting. Casting her as yeah. like the the um the bitchy boss in like a an enemies to lovers uh, rom com is is great. You know, both of the yeah. the casting on both of them is fantastic. They're oh they're both absolutely the yeah. Because Ryan Reynolds also their powers, yeah. extremely charming. Ex- extremely charismatic um he plays her assistant and she comes up with the idea oh well guess what um we're actually we're getting married against his will like against without his, his will. consent yes yeah yeah we were watching this and caitlin goes that's sexual assault like yeah yeah kind of is it is it is but this yeah. was before me too <laughs> for sure when sexual assault was still Swept under the rug in 2009. Something that we made rom-coms about. Oh boy, did we. <laughs> we watched this movie and so listeners, you might not know this, but um, Emma and Katie are doing a double recording week. So we're watching two movies and recording two episodes in one week. And we finished this movie and Charlie goes, wow, that was problematic, but you know, enjoyable. And I was like, you thought this was problematic. <laughs> oh Wait yeah, till we you get got, to tomorrow's. <laughs> you got nothing on, uh, on a Never, Never Been, been Kissed. kissed. Yeah. Um, so I mean, yeah, by so far like, the worst thing that she does is the premise of the movie. Yeah, where she's like, "We're getting married," and so then he's just like, "Uh, I can't. What? No, absolutely not." And she's like, threatens to ruin his career by being like, "What are you gonna do? You gave all this time, 
as my assistant. So if you go out there, you're going to have to do that again for someone else. Well, she says, I mean, again, she she doesn't technically threaten to fire him because yeah. she's like, I'll get fired and they'll replace me with Bob, the guy she just fired, Asif Monby, mm-hmm. and he will fire you because yeah. he hates you and, you know, you were my guy and he doesn't want yeah. you around. So it's kind of like a realistic blackmail kind of thing where it's like these things are going to happen without if this doesn't happen whether she makes it happen or not so they do kind of try to ride that line to where it's they're trying to make her not seem quite as bad but i mean it's still it's it's still blackmail it's definitely still harassment yeah 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 and so ryan reynolds being the charismatic charming ryan reynolds that he is is like um okay but if i say yes to this because they're just like um they go to some an interview with the visa guy and he's just like with Dennis O'Hare with Dennis O'Hare yeah Dennis O'Hare and he's like you do realize that if you are caught lying uh you will you face up to as the accomplice in this visa thing she will be deported and you will be um fined what is it fifty thousand dollars two hundred and fifty thousand dollars and five years in jail yeah and five years in jail and so he's just like oh god so then he on the fly he's just like uh no, we are very much in love, and um, I, we just didn't want to say anything before my big promotion. Ding 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 ding. So then he's just like, by the way, that's happening, Sandy Bullock. You're going to promote me to editor, and that's how I'm going to help you. And she's like, great, okay. Also, we're going to, and then she comes up with the idea of oh, because she knows that it's Gammy's Ryan Reynolds' grandma, <laughs> Betty White. It's her 90th birthday this weekend, and she had him cancel his plans to go home for his grandma's 90th birthday to work. So she uses that knowledge, and she's like, oh, we're so excited. We're going to, like, spring the news on his family this weekend when we go for Gammy's 90th. And so that launches the whole plot of they then have to go to Alaska, where Ryan Reynolds is from. Alaska. Sitka, Alaska. And then tell his parents that they're engaged. This boss that he has been venting about for the past three years are very much in love and they're engaged and that they are going to get married and sell it to them so that then when they get interviewed and they go through this whole like visa process, the story pans out and also everything's hunky dory. And and so basically the whole movie is that weekend at um, Ryan Reynolds' parents' giant mansion, because as they say, he their is compound. A, yeah. their compound. He is a Kennedy of Alaska. Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. Um, it's one of those yeah. things that shows up in rom-coms all the time because you want, I guess it's just like an aspirational thing where like people who go see these movies, they want to be like, part of it is a lot of it is fantasy, you know, like you yeah. want to like, it's escapism. That's why we, we talk about rom-coms, you know, Yeah. because we like that. But like a lot of it is like, everybody has to be rich. Yeah. Like, I would love to watch like a working class rom-com sometime. Like, well, where even at least when you get those, like they then become rich or they yeah, oh, for sure. marry yeah. rich or they fall yeah. in love rich. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where we're like both people are, you know, m- at least middle class, like normal yeah. homes. I mean, even like <laughs> even happiest season, like 
her dad yeah. is running for mayor, you know, it yeah. has to, I mean, I guess part of that is like, you have to raise the stakes as much as possible, but like, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying like... to think of, of a rom-com where I'm sure we'll get to it eventually. We got, you know, yeah. plenty I mean, of rom-coms to watch. There's got to be some, tons. you know? Yeah. But like, I, yeah, I mean, she gets there yeah. and his name is all over everything in town. Like <laughs> they own the whole town. Basically they live in this huge compound. And I get, you know, the reason they're doing that is so not only just because it's fun to shoot in, you know, big, beautiful places, you know, you want that visual, what they call um, um, production value, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, To get it on, to get the the pretty stuff on screen. But also like it's supposed to change her opinion of him, you know? True, exactly. Because- To put him on her level, right? (laughs) Yeah sucks like economically like you know she doesn't want to like she wouldn't normally fall in love with a lowly assistant but you know if he's super rich maybe you know like they're on an even playing field we've got to even out the playing field because she's high up power wise he is her lowly assistant but oh here he comes he's heading up towards her level because his family's loaded yeah and that sucks i hate that yeah yeah um here's a the first Emma's fun facts, Emma's fun facts of today, which is uh, that despite being set in Alaska, it was actually shot shot in Boston and on Boston's North Shore. And in one of the scenes, you can Ooh. actually see the Rockport icon motif number one, which is the little red shack famous for being the subject of many famous painters and photographers work. Snow-capped mountains, or any mountains for that matter, are nowhere to be found on the North Shore. They were added in digitally. So it was fake Alaska. (laughs) That's impressive. It does look really cool. Like, yeah, it looks like Alaska. I did not. I would not have known that. I mean, I wasn't paying like super close attention to the landscape, but um, yeah, yeah, it looks, it looks, it looks believable for sure. I mean, here's the thing. I don't know what Alaska looks like. I ain't never been to Alaska. No. So I guess I amount, I imagine mountains and forests and basically like just more rural twilight. Moose. Moose. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's like, I think there's a lot of like outdoor, like adventure, like tourism and stuff. Yeah. In the the, like super populated areas of Alaska, not to mention like militias and, you know, some, some bad people in the, in the less populous areas. I can see Russia from my house. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so they get to Alaska and they uh, she meets his family, uh, who mm-hmm. is a uh, friend of the pod, Mary Steenburgen. I know um, this is the second Mary Steenburgen. Way the to second go. time Mary, Mary Steenburgen plays the lead's mom in two movies, almost twenty years apart. Honestly, <laughs> right? And she's like the like kind, oh, no, 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 like ten ten years apart, I guess eleven years eleven apart. years, yeah, between twenty twenty and two thousand nine. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So still also Craig T. Nelson as his dad, who's a total asshole, like just yeah, the worst. Yeah, and he looks like a serial killer. The first time he came on screen, I was like, his dad is a serial killer. That is how they have so much money. His dad murders people. And this was, uh, this was, I think this was like either right before, maybe right before Parenthood started. Did you watch Parenthood? Yeah. I did oh, yeah. not know. But that was in one of the fun facts that I was like, I'm not going to include that. I don't watch Parenthood. Oh, you haven't watched Parenthood? Oh, Parenthood's really no. good. And then Betty White, of course, is uh, is Gammy, uh, which is yeah. the beginning. And we talked about this on the last episode when we announced this. It's this is the Betty White Renaissance. This is like the yeah. beginning of her 
being like her huge her huge 90s career like not yeah. 1990s but in her <laughs> 90s career which happens sometimes you know like yeah. she was still healthy enough to like do a lot of movies and tv shows and stuff um had yeah. like a real you know third act to her yeah. celebrity in uh in the the 2010s um totally and after this movie everybody wanted her she was like high demand everyone was like oh old lady funny let's put horny old lady in everything or bad mouth old lady that was her persona in the 80s too i mean that's the golden girls character is horny old lady and everyone just forgot about it for like 20 years and then she (laughs) she made the rounds again like even older horny lady like yeah yeah and she has this whole thing with like this quilt that's in Sandy Bullock's and um, Ryan Reynolds's room, which is called the Baby Maker. And yeah. the Baby Maker keeps showing up in scenes. And Charlie thought that the Baby Maker was the funniest thing. <laughs> really? He was just like, he was just like, mm, what do you think the white sweater is in the proposal of? And I was just like, oh, well, obviously it's Betty White, obviously. Yeah. And he was just like, mm, I think it's the Baby Maker. <laughs> A little, a little literal with the white sweater, but sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 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 Well. Um, I also have a white sweater, uh, Betty White. Yeah. Obviously. I mean, because after this, everyone was just like, oh, have you seen that movie that Betty White's in? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like, this movie was a huge hit. And a large part of that was, oh, hey, remember Betty White? Like. Yeah. She's hilarious. Kids, go watch Betty White. I saw this movie in the theater. Um, I think I maybe saw it with my parents, so I may have been I may have been home for for some reason. Oh, but fun. and uh, and yeah, I liked it at the time. There are some things that have definitely aged poorly. Uh, yep, there's yep, yep. some real cultural appropriation of oh, indigenous boy. Alaskan people. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so, do you yep. want to talk about that? Uh, well, there's an entire dance scene. Remember in the beginning when I was talking about Get Low? Well, Sandy Bullock comes upon Betty White in the woods. She goes for like a little walk in a very 2009 outfit, I will say. She's wearing gaucho pants and a long sweater and a skinny scarf. And I was like, mm, boy, I remember when that was the look and ballet flats. Um, and she comes upon Betty White. Oh, I didn't doing... notice the ballet flats. I guess she must have been because she was, yeah, because most of the time she's wearing uh, Louboutins. Louboutin? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. But as the movie progresses, you also, another fun fact is as the movie progresses, you see, and you see Sandra Bullock's character sort of um, softening. It yeah, is sure. told through her wardrobe and through her hair. And so her hair goes from a tight, you know, ponytail uh, that she's very anal about. And it goes to her wearing her hair down whenever she's like a little bit more unraveled. But anyways, so she stumbles upon Betty White, who is doing, for better lack, for lack of a better term, an appropriation dance, essentially. What I yeah. um, you would see in Walt Disney's Peter Pan or um, <laughs> the movie Pan or, you know, yeah. And she's she's doing this dance and she's talking. She about- has she has uh, she has a um, an indigenous um, like outfit uh, yep. on like a like a like a big sweater, basically. Like, uh, yep. I'm sure there's there's a specific word for it. I'm not sure what the the um, the tribe or, or any of that is from. But uh, yes, she is doing that around a, around a fire with yep. um, drums that are playing on a on like a an iPod speaker. Yeah, on a boombox. 
And mm-hmm. so Sandy Bullock comes in and she's just like, um, what are you doing? And Betty White gives her this explanation of what she's doing. And uh, she's like, you should join in. And so Sandy Bullock starts doing a version of a dance that Betty White's doing, but it turns into her just singing Get Low. And Betty White's like, all right, all right, all right. And then Ryan Reynolds comes upon and they're just like, ah, ha, ha, what a funny moment. Yeah. Um, it is, um, yeah, get, get, get low by Lil John, uh, we should say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in case you're not familiar. Yeah. Uh, from the window <laughs> to the wall, et cetera. Yeah, um, yeah. The, it, uh, <sighs> something you really could, I mean, honestly, like, when could, when, when did they stop doing that shit? Like, I feel like you would never see that in a movie now. Yeah. I, I say that optimistically, I suppose, but like, especially in a movie of this, like if if there wasn't a movie now, it would be yeah. like a movie made by The Daily Wire, you know? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I think not that a movie one of... made by Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, I think one of the last movies that I remember getting um, publicly, <laughs> ironically, panned for their depiction of Indigenous Americans was the movie Pan and their casting of Rooney Mara as. Um, Tiger Lily. And oh, I think that, that 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 was like the last time that there was like this huge sort of uproar of like, why are we doing this? Why are we casting non-Indigenous yeah. American actors as Indigenous American characters? Um, yeah. And uh, I mean, that's the last time that I remember publicly it being a big deal. I don't know if I'm sure that there were instances after that. I mean, they're still casting plenty of people as, you know, in, in, you know, racially creative ways, I should say. But in terms of like, in terms of like the, like a white person doing uh, a dance like that. um, Yeah. Yeah. I, I I can't recall something after this really. It's very late for something. Like if this was in, it happened one night, it would be like, you know, it was a different time, you know, like. Yeah. Yeah. This is truly, it's truly shocking. And what's weird is, so I guess the point, um, because later she says that her great grandmother was, was, um, I don't, I'm not, I, you know, I don't want to say it wrong. Tlingit, I believe is the, because I had the captions on, it was spelled T-L-I-N-G-L-I-T, which is, you know, an indigenous uh, uh, group to, to Alaska. And her great grandfather was Russian, which presumably means that, even she is an eighth or something. Uh, I mean, that's like a hundred, you're talking about your great grandparents. You're talking about a hundred yeah. years in the past, basically. Yeah. So, and she's, uh, she's 90. So it's yeah. like a hundred and, you know, 90 years ago that this, yeah. this happened. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's really, not great. there's no, yeah, there, there's no excuse for it. Um, yeah. That yeah. sucks. At least they put it far back enough to where it wasn't exactly Aloha. They weren't Emma stoning it. Um, that was I've another Aloha. You've never seen Aloha? Oh, no, totally why would I seen Aloha? I mean, it's got Bradley Cooper. It's got Emma Stone. It's got a lot of reasons for people to be mad about casting. Yeah, I, mean, I heard about all the the controversy and everything. Yeah, yeah. Well, and here's the, here's the big joke: is that regardless of casting, the movie's not good. It's a bad yeah. movie. It's yeah. bad. It's just bad. But yeah, so there's that. And then we also have very 2009 Hollywood racism with Oscar 
um, oh, yeah. Nunez, yeah, who plays what's his character's name again? Ramon. Ramon, who is you know the jack of all trades of this town. He's, he's the like, he's the Kirk from Gilmore Girls of yeah. of uh, of Sitka, Alaska. He just kind of yeah. shows up. He works everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, he works everywhere. But then at the end, we've got this sort of like post-credit scene where they are doing the actual interview with Mr. O'Hare. And they are, he basically goes into, I don't know if it was improv, if it was scripted, but It seems improv. That uh, that whole post-credits bit, it seems, all of it seems improv, yeah. Yeah. But then, of course, he like leans into the, are you from this country? Because Oscar Nunez speaks with... uh, a thick Latino accent, he starts going into, are you from this country? Can I see your papers? You know, stuff like that. And it's just sort of like, why did we have to, why, why did we have to go into that? Why did, why did we have to make that? And he's certainly, he's certainly a caricature through, throughout like all of it. Like it is like, he's definitely the, um, like comic, uh, foreigner kind of. Yeah. Uh, character type which is like a vaudeville character type you know like yeah. that that is such an old joke basically and it's yeah. it's really like the the whole like he's a male stripper like he like does yeah. a lap dance on on sandra bullock it's all very uncomfortable yeah. uh in a in a way that is different from the discomfort that they're they're trying to use for humor um <laughs> just like yeah he's he's not like really overweight or anything he's just kind no. of a a doughy guy doing a a striptease but his his like caricaturish like i don't know his whole demeanor is really kind of gross and obviously i know oscar nunez is is of course latino himself and that's you yeah. know his choice to do that but it it still seems but still you know. it's it's very it feels very much in that sort of like early to mid 2000s of like oh well we need we need him to do something funny so uh what can we do that's like you know kind of racist but not racist and yeah and just sort of like how do we lean into it it feels weird as a as a white person to to criticize it but i don't know it's yeah. it's just i feel like it's it's weird yeah yeah it was their justification as to why they had a different ethnicity uh in alaska it was like oh well let's you know make him an immigrant too and da 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 yeah it just it it wasn't it was not good it was not great also the 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 only the only non-white person in the entire cast i believe yeah i I, oh there's there there's a there's a there's a black guy in the um that's ryan reynolds friend in the in the office who has like three lines yeah but he's not in alaska oscar's in alaska he's not in alaska yeah oscar's Oh God! Yeah. Um, can we talk about the puppy scene, please? Oh my God! <laughs> I know. Okay, so I almost put the white sweater as um, Kevin. Uh, Kevin, the, dog. the baby Kevin the Samoyed. Dog. I believe he's a Samoyed puppy. He is Sam- Samoyed. I don't know how you say that dog name. Oh, uh, it's a little ball of fluff. There is a dog named Kiki uh, who lives. Um, not near my work that we see walk by all the time. And sometimes we go out and pet her. Her name is Kiki. She's adorable. I've seen her grow up. She was a little ball of fluff, just like Kevin. And now she's like a big dog. Just all white, poofy as fuck, like little, little, little stuffed animal of a dog. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And you're talking about where Sandra Bullock <laughs> offers the dog to the eagle. 
Well, first, okay, so first Sandra Bullock's on the phone trying to get this author to go do Oprah Winfrey, do, go do an interview. With it Oprah seems Winfrey. like the author is a uh, a real Thomas Pynchon kind of character, like this guy who doesn't do interviews, who has never seen in public, and she's got this big coup where she's got him to go on Oprah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's like, that, that's her power card right now. Yeah, it's like the C plot of the movie, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so she's on the phone and she walks out of the room, um, which like walks out to this beautiful like lakefront. And Kevin, who is the puppy, doesn't really like Sandra Bullock, but is following her around regardless. And so she leaves the door open and he follows her outside. And there was a bit before when you meet Kevin where Betty White goes, just be careful outside or um, don't let him unsupervised outside because the Eagles will get him. And that then Mary Steenbergen is just like, Oh, that's a joke. Don't worry about it. And then as Sandy Bullock's like furiously on the phone, you see an Eagle swoop down and pick up Kevin. And so yeah. at that moment, I am panically screaming, are we about to fucking kill this dog? Oh, Cause you haven't <laughs> this- seen the movie. Yeah. Exactly. 20 minutes in, 20 or 30 minutes in. Why are we killing a puppy? I'm not going to watch this movie if we kill this puppy. What the fuck? And so then you see Sandra Bullock go, oh, oh no. And so um, she chases after the eagle who's carrying poor little Kevin. I mean, a, a puppy is heavy for even an eagle. Uh, yeah, so like it's struggling exactly. with, with Kevin. Yeah. yeah. So it drops Kevin and she goes, oh, thank God. And so she catches Kevin. But in that sort of moment she drops her phone and the eagle picks up her phone and so then she is seen running around the yard it's a vindictive um, eagle yeah she's (laughs) she's offering kevin she's holding the the dog up saying take the dog give me my phone back yeah it cuts to mary steenbergen and betty white inside looking look at her play with kevin that's so cute right it's so cute so adorable she's like yeah. no she's trying to sacrifice your dog um it's kind of funny uh yeah but it gave if, me a heart attack yeah no 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 if i if i i remember i would have remembered if a dog was killed in a movie yeah um, yeah also maybe we should start putting the movies that we haven't seen into does the dog die before we watch them because oh, yeah. i also don't want to watch a movie where a dog dies exactly I mean, I would be very surprised. At least not for comedy, you know? Right? I would be very surprised if a dog is killed in a rom-com. Because that's the whole plot point of um, John Wick, right? That's why John Wick goes on his whole, like, vengeance thing is that his dog dies. Yes. yes. So if that is where Hollywood views dogs, (laughs) we're not going to kill him for comedy, right? Right? I mean, it depends. Like, I feel like if we get back into, like, maybe some of the earlier, some of the older movies, oh, you know, yeah. they might kill a dog for comedy. Yeah. They might kick it out a window and it goes, yeah. woo! Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of that. There's a yeah. lot of that. Yeah. Um, um, it's did- interesting because um, in terms of, like, overall, though, like, I think, well, should we, I mean, are we going through the plot? Uh, we haven't really gone through the plot this time, have we? We've kind of like just been going around. It's probably yeah, better that we I, do. I, yeah, I feel like it's so, the broad idea of the plot, I mean, is that Sandra Bullock is at Ryan Reynolds' family's compound trying to convince them that they're getting engaged. And stuff Yeah, and happens. like, yeah, her, his, Ryan Reynolds' dad is just, 
a complete asshole the whole movie. Like he yeah. wants Ryan Reynolds to move back home and take over the seven company business family right? businesses or whatever because he doesn't have any siblings. Um yeah. he wants to be a book editor and like find, you know, new projects and publish them and move to and live in New York and Craig yeah. T. Nelson can't really forgive him for that. And so Dennis O'Hare contacts Craig T. Nelson apparently and the two of them like show up and they're like, okay, the jig is up. Like you can't, you're not getting married. Like they were going to get yeah. married there in Alaska. Yeah. Um, because Gammy wanted to see it. Yeah. And so Sandra Bullock's like, okay, look, you know, Dennis O'Hare is going to let Ryan Reynolds off the hook. She's going to go get deported. She, you know, leaves. And we have yeah. the, we have the the go get your girl scene. Basically, we have the airport, yeah. the rush to the airport, except he we doesn't do. make it to the airport, no. which is interesting. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. And well, there's the whole scene in the boat, too, where yeah. she. Well, OK, hold on. We should back up. Okay. They start to they start to like each other. You know, Yeah. the first thing is that she realizes that he's worthy of love because he's rich. <laughs> exactly. That's step number one. That's step, step number, one. number two. Also, is that a Birkin bag that she brings to Alaska? Oh, uh, yeah, sure 1,000%. Yeah, she brings a Birkin, Birkin bag. bag to Alaska. Yeah. I thought you were asking me if that was a Birkin bag behind me, and I was like, oh, my God, no, I wish I had a Birkin. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, so anyway, she gets there to Alaska, and then they make them kiss, which is like a classic fake relationship trope. Uh, in all fake relationship romance, fake relationship, by the way, is my favorite romance trope, just so you know. Fake uh, relationship. But- uh, did you get PTSD? Like I got PTSD during that scene. Everyone chanted kiss. When when they were like went in for the kiss, like I felt like every single first kiss that you have, like on a whenever you're supposed to kiss someone, like in a movie or on on in the theater, in the theater, in a play, that in the very in the theater, um, that very awkward of like I guess this is happening now. Here we go. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I I haven't done that much stage kissing. You know, I um I was in I was in a student film once where I had to kiss, and I was in I think I think only one, like, only one play where I had like a real stage kiss. Both time, well, one time in the movie it was with someone who I had only met recently, mm-hmm. and so that was certainly awkward, but it was fine. Yeah. And then in the play, it was with a good friend of mine. So it was, oh, nice. it was fine. So I don't have that much experience. You know, I haven't, you know, I'm not an actor, really. I haven't done a lot of acting since, since college. So I've had to do a lot of kissing strangers. I imagine you have. Yeah. yeah. And uh, like, uh, there was one scene that I did when I first moved to Chicago, where I was basically a glorified featured extra for this opening scene of the movie where I'm just making out with the dude in the back of a limo. And sure. so it was a student film and they were like, so yeah, so yeah, you guys want to rehearse it? And I was just like, I guess we're doing this. Let's go. Mm-hmm. And you know, the yeah. further on in your career, the more professional you get with it, but it still goes in my head whenever it's just like, I guess we're doing this. You would tell me if you did not want this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I've never, I've never, I've never made out with, with, yeah. with someone on it's stage or, or on a movie. Yeah. yeah. It's re- especially when you've just met them that day and you're just yeah. like, hi, my name's Emma. I guess I'll be playing your now wife and we're making out. Here we go. Yeah. Um, You know, obviously things have gotten better now with intimacy co- coordinators, but the one mm-hmm. time that I was in a 
play that had an intimacy coordinator or the two times actually. Uh, well, I, no, we had the intimacy coordinator for the second time, but the first time um, I was an understudy that was going on. They had the intimacy coordinator for the cast people, the like main cast and stuff. Um, and I, and then whenever we had my put in, there was no intimacy coordinator. It was a closed set. Cause like I was in my underwear, but like, it was still kind of, I still like, was just like, well, I would have still liked a female advocate there that day. Cause it was just me and some dudes. So uh, uh, really? male, <laughs> director. male director. Yeah. Um, but you know, it was fine. They made me feel super comfortable and everything was fine. It was just, but it was the same thing of like taking my clothes off of just like, I guess we're doing this now. You would tell me yeah. if this is weird. Yeah. <laughs> Just goes through my head. Cause for some reason in my mind, my anxiety about it is that they have like, not told me that they were just like they want me to like mark it instead i'm doing it out full force and they're just like well this is weird emma why are you getting naked emma why are you yeah. making out with so and so yeah that makes sense that would definitely yeah. uh, that that is in my character to to overthink that as well i i'm always yeah. like anytime i do anything for the first time i'm always like am i doing this wrong they're like should right? i you know would i oh, you know <laughs> so it's um it's complicated, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but so that's the scene. Everybody is chanting kiss at these people and they have to kiss. And like again, I've never I've never been in a fake relationship all, <laughs> either. So it is different from being on stage because because yeah. like basically, you know, when they start kissing, they you know, they feel something, you know? Yeah. Which like is absolutely a real thing. Like when you yeah. kiss somebody for the first time when you're in a, you know, possible relationship with that person, like if it's the first date or, you know, second date or whatever, and you're kissing someone for the first time, there's still, you know, you're, you're thinking about that person romantically, whether or not exactly. you're in a relationship or not. Um, kissing someone who you're not um, in a relationship with or have no intention of being in a relationship with, which I, of course, have been. Um, I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've ever, like, felt something like that. So yeah. It's, I wonder how accurate that actually is. Like if I were yeah. in a fake relationship, I would love to, <laughs> by the way, you know, just, just putting it out there <laughs> would love to do a fake relationship heist with someone. If, if, yeah. you know, anybody's yeah. got a lead on that. Oh um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just email us at getyourgirlpod at gmail.com. Yeah. My my friend, I, I'm actually not going to say her name uh, because this is uh, wanted to get back at her dad, who she hadn't seen in years, uh, and she was going to see him at a family wedding. And so she was thinking about bringing a friend of hers, uh, a woman, to this wedding and doing a fake relationship, pretending it was her girlfriend, yeah. just to piss off her dad. Yes. And uh, she didn't end up going through with it, but I... I was very, I was such an advocate for it. It's like, no, you should totally do it. And then if you fall yes. in love, like it's a win-win. <laughs> she's like, I'm not going to fall in love with her. I mean, she, she is bisexual, but like, yeah, she's like, I'm not going to fall in love with her. I'm like, you never know. How, how dare you say that with a closed heart? Right. Sandra Bullock didn't know that she would fall in love with Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Uh, you never know until that first kiss. And then you look deeply into each other's eyes and you go, oh, but you know, internally. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. I don't know. Most of the making out that I've done with with friends and stuff like that, I was probably pretty altered one way or another. So I don't <laughs> I don't remember. Maybe, maybe you can. 
maybe you can feel the yeah. spark with with a stranger that you're that you're kissing or not a stranger like, but you know yeah. someone like that you're not that interested in as a libra <laughs> hair oh my god hair flick. as a libra and an actor i feel like i could <laughs> make a spark happen with anyone i oh, could make, okay that is my yeah. superpower yeah okay yeah so yeah. you have chemistry with everyone is what you're with saying with everyone that's yeah, i can make okay. chemistry with anybody all right well hire emma to um <laughs> to be in your plays and movies yes and hire me to be in a fake relationship to get back at your dad <laughs> i'm just in it for the thrill honestly right the whoo what emotions the roller coaster um oh my god so yeah, he he runs to the airport, but he misses her, mm-hmm. uh, and so yeah. he has to do the speech in the office. He gets back to New York and gives her the speech. Oh, Betty White fakes a heart attack yep. to hijack a rescue plane to take them to the <laughs> airport, which is so smart. And I'm sure that you know the fees mean nothing to the Kennedys of Alaska. Exactly. Okay, so interestingly enough, and I talked to you about this the other night, but like I saw Kayla and I saw a movie on Monday night, which I had such high hopes for. It's Anyone But You with Sydney Sweeney and um, uh, my boyfriend, Glenn Powell. Yeah. And such high hopes for it. They're both so sexy. Um, yep. It is uh, it was such a disappointment. Awful, awful movie. Um, <laughs> such a shame. I was so looking forward to it. We get so few theatrical rom-coms and yeah. this looked fun. It's based on Much Ado About Nothing. And it's so, it's, there's something off with everything. Like yeah. the directing, I think the editing is a problem. There's all yeah. this, like there's this space in the movie. Um, you know, when you're in rehearsal and like, like you're like, you, you have to pick up your cues, Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. like <laughs> for people who aren't theater people, your cue is basically the thing in someone else's line that gets you to say your line. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that yeah. you can see. So as an actor, you have to pretend to, hear that line for the first time and hear what part of that line makes you as the character think of what you're about to say and then say it. So that is not happening in this movie. (laughs) There is all this space in between everything that they say, which I I have to assume is the director's fault. Yeah. Because these are good actors. Let's pick up the pace. All, I mean, the actors are good. There's plenty of good actors in this movie. Uh, you know, Dermot Mulroney is is the, the dad. Um, oh, there's no, I didn't um, know that. yeah, there's lots of there's lots of fun. Um, uh, Rachel Griffiths is the mom. There's lots of fun people in the oh. movie. Um, and there's no. It's hard to say if the chemistry is something that just didn't happen because of the actors, or if it's something that happened because the 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 production of the film like sucked it out. The oh. film is it's so cold. It's so like there's no warmth to it. The relationships are so hard. They're 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 too mean to each other at the beginning because it is. Mm. It's very similar to this in a lot of ways. It is a enemies to lovers fake relationship rom com, um, and based on much ado about nothing. Also, there's a whole plot point where they um they she she falls out of a boat. Uh, mm-hmm. And jumps onto a buoy, which is exactly what happens in this movie. Exactly. <laughs> in the middle of a harbor. Uh, and they use, and somebody commandeers a rescue vehicle to make a big dramatic gesture, romantic gesture <laughs> in both movies. There you I, go. Watch these, I watch these movies back to back. Um, but especially compared to that movie, this movie has so much humor, so much warmth to it. You believe yeah. that the characters care about each other. 
Yeah. Um, it's so I think that I probably have like a more positive reaction to this on the whole because I had to watch it in the shadow of this other movie, which I'm sure we'll do on the podcast eventually. But like, yeah, is I think worse than failure to launch. Yeah, um, you, which is a shame because I was so really excited about it. I know, right? I know. I was too. God. Um, but yeah, so it's weirdly similar to this. Um, he goes back to um, to New York and does the big speech mm-hmm. that we have in every rom-com. Yeah. Um, where he says uh, the iconic line, uh, marry me because I'd like to date you. Oh, um, which so is cute. sweet. Yeah, it's so and, cute. And... Um, and then that's base, and then it's it's credits, and during the credits we have the whole uh, immigration uh, Dennis O'Hare interviewing everybody in the movie, which like all the other thing about anyone but you, it does end the 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 credits are are great. Like there's a yeah. couple of like scenes that that work. There's a couple of little things that you know are cute or are funny or work really well, and um, the closing credits just have everybody singing a song that's used in the movie, which I think like. All rom-coms should do something like this. Yeah. If you are cutting straight to, to plain credits in a rom-com, honestly, in in all comedies, outtakes, the cast singing a song yeah. over their names being shown when they're on the screen, or, you know, additional, like, like post stuff like, the, like they do in this yeah. movie, you're missing an opportunity. You should always yeah. do that shit. It's a rom-com. Yeah. You want people leaving the theater in a fun mood. Exactly. Happy and in a fun mood, excited. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And I I mean, like we said, we pretty much um, believe that this last bit was improv. I mean, you can kind of tell from Ryan Reynolds' response to like one thing where he goes off on this sort of like bit. It's just like, Oh, well, what do you mean? Um, da, 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 da. I, I, what, what is this? Why do you need to know that? Da, 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 da. It's just like, oh, Ryan Reynolds is obviously riffing right now. This is. Yeah, yeah. it's definitely, I, I feel like it's definitely improv. Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, you know, and aside from the, the, the weird, you know, talk about immigration that, that we mentioned, it's, uh, it's fun. It's a, yeah. it's a, it's a fun, it's, uh, it's fun, fun bit. Cute. Yeah. yeah. Um, that actually brings me to the Charlie scale uh, from Ozone to Basketball. I obviously, remember to yeah. ask him, obviously. I asked Charlie from Ozone to Basketball, what is your response? And of course, because our scale is not a number scale, um, it is, he said, he just started listing off all the problematic bits with the movie and then uh-huh. ended with, yeah, it was fun, but problematic. But it was fun. Sure. Yeah. But it was probably No number this time. No number no, this no. time. Just, it okay. was fun. It was okay. fun, but problematic. Because sometimes he gives us a number. Like, That's I true. think happiest <laughs> season, he gave us like a 7.5 from yes. Ozone to Basketball to 7.5. So I appreciate that about Charlie. Yeah. He's keeping you on your toes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Caitlin did not finish. Caitlin started watching this movie with me and went to bed um, yeah. partway through. She does, like... Again, like one of the things she that she said is like she, it's it's her her thing about the coldness of anyone but you versus the warmth of this. That's that's mm-hmm. something that she said. You can just you can feel the difference in yeah. the way in everything about it. Like the um the movie just it just feels different, and it's that warmth which I think yeah. has largely to do with the directing and the editing. Yeah, yeah, because um, I mean, like in both, like. It's very similar plots. You have two really great characters that obviously have chemistry. I mean, I got horny just from watching the trailer for anyone but you because of the well, way that, that they the eye fuck each other. 
Yeah. 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 They, I mean, and in the interviews and everything they do, like the, in the junket, like clips and everything, it seems like they have really great chemistry. So I think it really is the, you know, the, the directing and, and I mean, you have to lay that thing on directing because again, all that's supervised um, by the director and the, and the producers. So, um, you know, I feel like it is the, the, the director's fault, which is Will, Will Gluck, Will Gluck. I'm not sure how you say that. The director of Easy, Easy A, which is a good movie. Really? Yeah, I love Easy I mean, he's, A. He's also directed a bunch of other movies that are bad, but um, he did oh. do Easy A, which is is good. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Well, any other so thoughts, sorry. feelings? <laughs> um, thoughts, feelings, opinions on the proposal? Yeah, I am um, trying to go over and see if I have a, have stars here. Um, oh yeah, I mean, like he and his dad you know, make up. His dad is like, oh, I didn't realize you really loved her. I guess that's important. You should go back to New yeah. York. Oh, and <laughs> um, and you know, and Sandra, Sandra Bullock is was orphaned when she was a teenager, and so a lot yep. of the the warming up that she does is because of the family, because she's and become it's so hard, sweet. because she's been alone most of her life. Yeah. So that's yeah, the, yeah. She gets that's really how emotional. they do that. Yeah, there's a moment where she's getting Betty White's wedding dress altered to fit her, and Betty White gives her a family heirloom. And she's just like, well, it's because, like, you're one of my grandkids now. And one of the great things about being a grandma is that you get to give things on. I thought that was a really lovely line of, like, giving yeah. giving your things away so that you're always with your grandkids. And um, she gets really emotional as Betty White. She, first, she tries to, you know, reject the gift. But Betty White's no, like, no, absolutely take this. And is giving her the necklace and she's getting really emotional. I thought it was such a beautiful scene. And you're just like, yeah. you really t- do, like, a turn on her character. And you're just like wow okay she's really starting to melt and we are starting to be cool and enjoy our time here and like ryan reynolds (laughs) yeah i mean and this is honestly this is this is close to the beginning of the ryan reynolds is on as well and i think ryan reynolds is probably overexposed at this point um but (laughs) there was you know a certain time where he was you know i knew ryan reynolds from two guys a girl in the pizza place which was this in in like the early 2000s yeah um which was super fun and like he was always like cute but like he became like a sex symbol you know yeah pretty much after this movie like in this movie he's definitely like built like he looks good like don't get me wrong he's hot in this movie (laughs) but like blade trinity which yeah. i think we've talked about on this podcast. oh yeah because that's my favorite blade <laughs> oh my god it's the only blade you've seen <laughs> definitely the worst blade you mean the best blade <laughs> listen when we when we launch go get your ghoul our horror movie podcast <laughs> i'm gonna make you watch all the blade movies and we'll revisit this oh uh, yes i cannot wait blade trinity is the only one with ryan reynolds in it so i will give you that but that movie which maybe was the same year. What year is Blade Trinity? No, Let's Blade Google Trinity. something I, mm. live. Always. Oh, no, 2004. That was yeah, way before I'm, this. So never see, mind. I feel like I remember I seeing it, it in high school. Like I take it back. Because yeah. he is, he is like super, really? super jacked in that movie. And that yeah. was like the first time that kind of, that he became like a sex symbol. So I'm wrong. Yeah. That was before this. So he was well into the Ryan Reynolds renaissance um. at this point. Like this still was like one of his leading man. Oh yeah, it was like, a big movie yeah. for him for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's what I was trying um, to say. A, a big movie. again based on this this podcast where we do no research uh, no. and just talk oh, about our asses. 
Although I will say, I forgot to mention the fun fact about the puppy. Um, so oh, the puppy right. named Kevin, Emma's fun facts, is played by four puppies named Flurry, oh. Sitka, Nanu, and Winter. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. I know. Love him. Yeah. Good job, Winter. So, good job. Or, or you know, any of the other three. We don't know how many, what was this sort of like percentage each Yeah, but one Winter of the is my favorite. I've already decided. Okay. But you, okay. I, I hope those dogs are still alive. <laughs> 15 years ago. It does not It's certainly well. possible. I don't know how it long uh, that breed of dog lives. So fluffball. Certainly yeah. possible. Yeah. I hope so. I hope Winter, my favorite, is at least alive. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, <laughs> you do have to. Uh, so like we mentioned earlier, the next episode that we will be doing is Never Been Kissed. Woo woo. <laughs> Completely unproblematic uh, movie, yep. which we will only have nice things to say about. So let's do some outro. Thank you for listening to Go Get Your Girl. If you like us, tell your friends and please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, it helps out a lot and we would really appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks. And thanks to Andrew Milliken and Nick Svoboda for our theme music and Elena Henderson for our artwork. You can follow us on Instagram at Go Get Your Girl Pod or email us at gogetyourgirlpod at gmail.com. You can follow me on social media at Emily M. Pizza. And me at Katie of the Lake. Until next time. And remember, folks, I love this. And I love love. <laughs> I like how you just say it. Like, I don't even say anything. <laughs> like... You you go, aw, and then you go, goodnight. <laughs> aw, goodnight. Goodnight.